Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. And on today's very special edition, episode 163, we'll be doing a 22-year in review. We have special guest Jason Escudero and special guest Luis Orozco, otherwise known as Bum A and Bum B. They'll be joining us for this. <laughs> they also have a podcast. Let's get that out of the way. So let's throw it to you. How are you doing this evening, Luigi? Uh, doing good, man. Going to shout out um, Revenge of the Pod here and now so that we can get that over with. Check us out on that pod if you're interested in any of the stuff that we have to say. Well, what do you, what, well, what do you guys do? Why should I listen? <laughs> Luigi, that was the worst business pitch ever. All right, fair enough. I'll, I'll go into it. We do nerd culture, pop culture, uh, a lot of heavy movie stuff, but we also go pretty deep into Marvel. Uh, Jason is a big Star Wars guy, so we always hit Star Wars. Nerd. Anything that's, <laughs> anything that's like pop culture relevant at the time, we try to at least hit it a little bit. So you'll hear a little bit of sports, a little bit of other music things, but mostly it's uh, movies and shows that we talk about to keep you guys updated. Who is that? Your dog, or is that is that Nick's dog that's barking right now? It's not my dog. Uh, that that is um, my pooches. Yeah, they're they're outside right now. All right, how how you doing this evening, Jason? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, thank you uh, for bringing me onto the show, uh, Nick. If I'm not mistaken, man, I'm I'm pretty sure you're a Star Wars fan too, right? I dabble. Well, it's it sounds it, it, it sounds like every time I listen to you guys' episode, uh, it seems like you're a pretty good huge fan. I dabble. I'm more into lifting weights, you know. (laughs) You're so dreamy. You're so dreamy. Opening beer with my teeth. He he's he's mad because I threw to you guys first, and he always gets the first throw, and so now he's jumping in trying to get his his speaking lines. So how how are you doing this evening, Nick? I'm good, man. This is this is the. this is this is the start of something great in terms of more people. I'm talking. More people uh, need to start podcasting, at least among our friends, because all of our friends uh, have opinions. Um, it's 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 good to see uh, between you, Jay Bird, and Luigi, somebody who finally stopped talking about doing something and actually ended up doing something. Uh, in terms of podcasting, you know, Jermaine and I have been doing this for a very long time, uh, like pre, like pre-COVID long, like back when the world was normal. Yeah, before um, before everyone lost their mind. Before everybody lost their mind. Uh, but no, it's 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 really good to see, and and I hope that this will I hope that this will continue in the future. So welcome to Room Three Hundred Three, the first of many uh, collaboration episodes. Yeah, I'm excited to so. be here. I got a little bit of a bone to pick, though. Maybe I need maybe maybe I need I, to listen to Revenge of the Pod a little bit more. You might, but my but my co-hosts have been featured on Revenge of the Pod multiple times. No, just once for me. And I know both of you have my cell phone number, and yet through my constituents here, Jermaine and Eric, I was told that I can come on the show, but I'd have to listen to the podcast to see when I would be on the show. I mean that seems like a pretty fair. I don't know. Hold I mean, on. I listen to... every. I, I listen to every episode. I, I'm an avid listener. I, I love you guys' pod. Uh, the previous couple ones, I think you guys are uh, 
from your first episodes, you know, we're always growing, right? And I think you guys are just, every episode I'm listening to, you guys are just doing way better personally because you guys are just meshing together a lot more. And I, I, I love seeing it. Um, well, the last, the last two have been great. <laughs> the last two have been amazing. Have they? Yeah. <laughs> so for, for those of you who don't quite know, the last two episodes did not feature a certain executive producer with a big, oh, I old, heard. big old Philly hat. He uh, decided <laughs> to, uh, yeah, he's dead again. <laughs> so we'll resurrect him. He's like Puss in Boots, though. He's running out of lives. There so. I, I felt that I felt that hurt though, uh, J Man, on uh, the last pod uh, about the the World Cup final, and uh, I will say this: it definitely is the best game I have ever seen. It might be the best game ever, like like you were saying in your pod in that episode that I listened to today. Um, just the everything that that it was, it was just insane. Like there's no nothing compares to it, and I totally agree. I think what Luigi was trying to say was just mem other memorable games, right? 100 percent. They don't compare. The yeah. scale is not there, though. The, the, not, the, I, the I, scale I, is I not there. Agree. Four billion people, four billion people watched. That's not who engaged, right? That's not people who talked about it on the internet. That's not people who text me and said, "Fuck, I wish I didn't miss that game." Like, 4 billion people. This was the second biggest soccer game in just the United States. Right? So this is the second most watched soccer game in U.S. history. Dude, like, people woke up at 7 in the morning just to go to a get, bar to watch this game. Yeah, but we're, we're degenerates. We love yeah. our alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was nice to see other people, though, right? <laughs> if, if, bars, if bars would be open at 7 a.m. to watch sports, I'll go watch third division curling. Bro, if there was a, if there was a sport on that I want to watch, I will go to a bar. And right? drink. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, we've all tailgated. We've all been there bright and early, getting the grill out, cold weather. Um, yeah, so this was good. Nick actually had a point that we didn't get to on the podcast for the World Cup. So before we get into the year in review, do you want to talk about that point? Or you just want to let it die and no one will ever know. What was the look, point I made? Look at the deer in headlights. Look, he doesn't even know what point he made. You want to talk? Is, is, is the point made that when Africa claimed that they won the World Cup? Four years ago, can Germany now claim that they've won another World Cup? Is that the point <laughs> that I'm trying to make? Uh, no, that's not the point. You were trying to say um, that Morocco wouldn't have made this run. Oh, right. Yeah, so I, you know, it, it, it kind of didn't, one of the things, you know, Jermaine, Jermaine, to end the last podcast, with, ended it very uh, eloquently. Hi. Ended it very eloquently. Uh, in in saying what that final meant and, and what kind of a game soccer is to the world, so it's it's you know it, it wasn't really uh, a good time for me to jump in with my thought to be like yeah, but also right, <laughs> it, 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 I it, lift weights. Yeah, also I had this thought as well to ruin the thing that Jermaine just said. Uh, so now you get now you get my opinion afterwards. Uh, I was you know I was pretty disappointed. I. The World Cup is not the the World Cup is not the the playoffs in in sports. It's it's not the Premier League. It's not it's not the Champions League. I don't need to see upsets every year. I want to see the best 
16 teams, the best eight teams, the best four teams, the best two teams in the world play each other. And for years and years and years, we have seen that in the World Cup. It's why we talk about the Germanys, the Spains, the Italys, the Frances, the Brazils, because they make it continuously to semifinals and finals. It's what they do. This tournament felt a little rushed, and, and this is why I counted none of the upsets. Like, Korea made it out of their group. Japan made it out of their group. Okay, right? You, Most of the players on Japan, most of the players on Korea, most of the players on Saudi Arabia don't have those big domestic leagues that they're playing two to three matches a week. Champions League, domestic cups, domestic leagues other dumbass practices and stuff that's going on. If the th the point that I made to Jermaine after the show was this Morocco thing is almost not, it's, it's, it's impressive, but imagine if you had a summer world cup, all teams got six weeks of training. They got that bonding. They got the, they, they, they got the camaraderie. They got to learn the coach's tactics and Morocco made this run. Aside from Leicester City's run in the Premier League, like the Premier League title, it may have been the greatest run in in all of history. That yeah. Morocco, that Morocco went on this run and beat the teams they did for sure. And I I agree with you on that as well. That you know six weeks to two months of training, you know, drastically changes chemistry, play style, set pieces. And In injuries, injuries. Yeah. And so a, a guy can come into a national, like think about this. A guy can come into a national team camp in May. He can get treated by national team doctors, which are probably, which are the best doctors in that country. And in six weeks, you know, if, if you give him six weeks, if you give him two months, he's, you can, there's not a lot of injuries that he wouldn't have been selected for the World Cup for, that he can't recover for. If there's an injury that's more than two months, he's probably not getting selected for the World Cup squad in general. Yeah. Like, Kareem Benzema would have been able to play. Right. Let's go. Bulls just won. Mane's probably I mean, able to play, right? Ma Mane definitely is able to play. Timu Van is able to play. Not that he would do anything because he's a bum. <laughs> What were you saying, Jason? Uh, I mean, just the whole fact, like you guys were saying, like the France team was injured, but they're that stacked of a squad that they were able to make it to the World Cup final. Like we we forget that those players were missing, Pogba, Benzema, I, I'm, and I'm not an avid watcher, but from what I heard, like how many players were missing from it, and the the fact that there was they're gonna be fine. Our, our world only 23 years old, like you guys were saying, like, dude, they're going to be great, dude. Bro, so it's it's going to be insane. They're going to be, the they're gonna be running final. that shit for a while. Every, yeah. every bar with a big championship, right? Every bar of their championship, there's a white guy who continuously says something to justify bad play of another team, right? Yeah. I was that guy during the France-Argentina final who was like, the French camp had to be separated 48 hours ago because they had the flu. And I was that guy that was like turning to random people and be like, imagine how good the French would be playing right now if they didn't have the flu 48 hours ago. 
What, was it like a stomach flu? Like, did they eat yes. something bad? Yeah, they had to separate the it whole. Was, uh, no, I don't think it was stomach. I think it was actual flu. There was so there was oh, a big, <clears throat> there was a big like bout with respiratory illness in, in Qatar for the fans and everything like that. So, <clears throat> what's his name? The reporter that died, Grant Wall. Yeah. R.I.P. The legend. Uh, he had a respiratory illness, and they were treating him for bronchitis. Um before he ended up ultimately passing away. So, um, but this is not a world cup episode. We've, we've now discussed it for an, another 13 minutes and, and we would be willing to discuss it for another 60 minutes if, if you would allow us, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to wrap up the 2022 year in review and what better way to do it than with some pop culture experts or self-proclaimed like skip Bayless, um, Luigi and Jason. Okay. So let's get right into it. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen, and we'll go through. So this format's going to be a little bit different. We're going to uh, each present our picks, as you can see on the screen, already written down. And then we'll ultimately select one movie that we think embodies the whole of 2022. And that's the movie that we will give the roomie to. So for those of you who are uninitiated, we like to hand out roomies every year. And the roomies go to categories with awesome things that we enjoy doing. Podcasts, books, well, some of us. Uh, movies, shows, music, uh, and the likes. And as we continue to do this, more and more categories will present themselves. But for the time being, we have 10 selections. And we're going to go ahead and get right into it. So, uh, we'll let Lu we'll throw it to Luigi first for best movie, and then Jason will go for the next category, and then Nick will go, and we'll start, and we'll just follow that kind of sequence. All right. So, as I've just alluded to, Luigi, you have the you have, you know, the podium. Let us hear about your two choices for best movie. So, so what do I do right now? <laughs> just wanted to see your face. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so the best picks uh, for me would definitely be uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is my number one choice and All Quiet on the Western Front. I want to give that a submission because, man, All Quiet on the... We'll talk about Everything Everywhere All at Once because I know someone else has that pick as well. But All Quiet on the Western Front is an epic... Uh, World War One film. It's actually a remake of a 1930s film, which is a re which is like Based a book to film. Yeah, from the 1930s as well. It is. It's it's jaw dropping. It's a different side of war that you don't see in the movies. I think anyone who likes war movies should definitely watch this film. It's very well made, very well acted. I think the only problem you might have is if you're not someone who likes reading in films. It is a foreign film. So unless you're German, you will have to read subtitles. Uh, it's not that big a deal, though. I think it it does not take away from the movie at all. Highly recommend that one. Yeah, and also, and also, if you don't like reading subtitles, grow up. <laughs> we're, we're not in middle school anymore. <laughs> you yeah. have to watch foreign films. Grow up. Yo, I, I am that guy that <laughs> grow puts up subtitles on for even English films. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yes. Dude, like, what do you say? I've started doing that. Now. If you <laughs> don't have, if you do not have a good speaker system, right? If you don't have a sound bar that has three channels, right? It needs minimum three channels because one channel is dedicated purely to voice. You're going to struggle to hear 
the way they mix. You're going to struggle to hear dialogue, right? And if you're watching a movie like All Quiet on the Western Front, dialogue's pretty fucking important. <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, putting subtitles on is perfectly fine. I, I put on subtitles. I was watching Sonic Prime this week. I had subtitles on it. I also do it sometimes because if I want to hear the name and know how to spell that name... I'm not going to just know it by hearing it because every language decides to just pick a random letter and make it silent. Here's looking at you, fucking Eastern Europe. You fucking jack and apes with your K's and your C's and your Z's. But I'll have to check out All Quiet on the Western Front. I did. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But when I saw that pop up, because it's relatively new, right? It came out on Netflix. Yeah, yes. I think during Thanksgiving it came out. Okay. When I saw it pop up on my feed, I was just like, yo, I thought I've seen this movie before, but this looks completely different. So I'm glad that you guys said that it is a remake, and I do remember the book, so, so that's why I was like ultra confused. I was like, I'll eventually watch it. But um, you know, now that there's a little more context, I'll go ahead and get into that one. And World uh, yeah. War One is I feel like everyone obsesses with World War Two, you know, for obvious reasons, but World War One, um, I feel like it's just a treasure trove of like actual stories that you can tell. In my I opinion. totally agree, totally agree, and it just it still focuses on Germany, right? But man, it's just a different take on Germany, and you don't have this whole, you know, you you, you can root for them because they're not fucking Nazis. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, not oh. yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. They haven't taken the turn yet. But yeah, it's highly recommended, man. Like I, I, I obsess over that movie now. So I definitely want some some more people to watch it and let me know what they think. Awesome. All right. So as everyone can see, if you're watching us on YouTube at Podcast Room Three Zero Three, please like, subscribe. Uh, Jason also has a similar pick to Luigi. Let's go ahead and get into Jason's discussion. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, yeah, so I went with uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once for my first pick. And I think it was just the better multiverse movie from another movie, another multiverse movie that we had this year, right? Uh, the Doctor Strange the multiverse, multiverse of Madness. Madness. Yeah, um, I, I, I just really enjoyed it, just uh, comedic-wise and just... Uh, uh, you know, like uh, everything that they were, you know, a mother-daughter, you know. Spoilers are allowed. Spoilers are allowed. Okay, yeah. Just, you know, her being the actual villain and I haven't seen it. Oh, <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was just uh, kind of everything I wanted in the film. It was action-packed. Uh, there was moments where, you know, between the mother and the daughter, uh, there was a lot of diversity to it, you know, uh, it being an Asian film and uh, bringing back the the kid from uh, the Goonies, man. Like we haven't seen him in a film in a long time. Uh, it, it was great, dude. I, um, for it being that long of a movie, I enjoyed it and I loved it and I could watch it again. I watched it again when it came out, uh, able to watch it and uh, on TV. So, I mean, not much more I can say about it. I know we talked about it. I know you guys enjoyed it, but like I know you guys wouldn't put it at your top one. But I think it's going to win a lot of Oscars. I just I didn't I didn't like it better than Multiverse of Madness. But Multiverse of really? Madness is a horror film, right? And that's I what that, I yeah. that, that's what yeah. I loved about Multiverse mm -hmm. of Madness. You know, and 
Uh, diversity is not important to me anymore. I've just been beat over the head with it that I really don't give a fuck because just because Tom Cruise is white doesn't mean I don't think I could have been Tom Cruise when I was a kid. So I always hate that argument. That's dumb as hell. I thought I was the shit when I watched Mission Impossible movies, jumping off everything I could, like thinking I could suspend from the rafters, even though that dude had like significant amounts of gear and money. But like that, that argument always just drives me nuts. If you can't relate to female characters, if you can't relate to male characters, unless they're your race, uh, that's crazy. Because I fucking love Kim Possible, and that's a fucking cartoon, and she's the shit, right? Well, that, I, that's a girl. I did relate to this movie though, just because you have two parents working hard in the laundromat, uh, just doing everything they can so their daughter can have a good life, and yeah. you kind of just forget about your uh, your daughter being in a relationship and like the the daughter being scared to tell her grandpa that she, you know, has a girlfriend and not a boyfriend. Like I've seen that in my family and we're, we're not Asian. Yeah. So, and that like, speaks I, to, I feel like I connect to experience. It. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's what it was for me that I really enjoyed about it. And just like uh, the parents forget so much of like, they're, they're trying to do everything they can just so their, 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 their kids can have a better life. But sometimes they kind of forget about enjoying the moments that you have with your kid. And I felt that personally. And I think that's why I connected to it so much. Yeah. And that's relatable across the board though. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah, Not, not just Asian. Yeah. You're right. So Uh, one of the biggest things, I mean, there, there's several things I love about this film, but one of the biggest things that I appreciated from the film was uh, its ability to really deep dive into how you can expect your life to be a certain way and then be disappointed in it. But at the end of the day, I mean, the lesson she learns in the movie is it is your choice to make what you will out of what you have. Like, if you choose to be miserable all the time, that's on you. It's not anyone else's choice. It is on you. And it takes her her entire lifetime and this crazy experience to finally realize, like, oh, no, I'm the one who's got the problem. I'm the one who needs to change. And I'm the one who needs to understand my daughter better. I'm the one who ruins my family and poisons it. I am becoming everything I didn't want to be. And it's just, I mean, her, the the way she gets there is just amazing in itself because it's so original. It has so many experimental things that they do in that movie that you don't see in films normally, even in other multiversal films like Multiverse of Madness, right? Because the, the comparisons are going to be there just because they're multiverse movies. Which is and, dumb. They're nowhere near yeah. the same fucking movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just tackle one concept that's the same. So people how how, how dare they? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so b- before we beat this one into a dead horse, we've got a lot of topics to discuss. So give us a quick overview of Prey and Maverick, Jason, and then we'll get we'll hand it over to Nick. Uh, Prey is like the prequel, the start to Predator, and it gives you everything that you want, man. It gives you Predator just fucking up some... <laughs> You know, a, a bear, you know, a wolf, a snake. Uh, uh, and it happened during, like, uh, when the French were trying to take over and fighting against the, the natives. Uh, so he's fucking up both of them at the same time. And it just gave me everything that you wanted, you know? Like, a- everything in a Prey movie. I was not expecting it to be that great. And it gave me everything I wanted. Same thing with Maverick. Way better than the 80s version. I uh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know, no. Nick. I'm sorry, but it was, no. dude. It was. Nick, it did was. you see it as a kid, though? The whole the whole concept is dumb from a military operations standpoint. 
Why are you going to leave if you're a coastal nation? Why are you leaving the one canyon that leads straight through your land undefended by air defense weapons? I mean, I, I you mean, are an I mean, island it's, nation. It's just a movie. <laughs> it's not just a movie. It's dumb. You're building a nuclear bomb. Defend it with some air defense weapons on the coast. That's Seattle. That. That's too. Uh, that's too logical, sir. Too logical. Yeah, too not only logical. that. Not <laughs> only that. They they took cadets at at an academy to do right. this operational that's mission. It. That's it. Why is so, Hangman cool? He's not cool. You're flying a two seater aircraft with one person. That doesn't make you cool. That makes you stupid. <laughs> Man, with that being said, I still loved Maverick. Yeah, it was a yeah, fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> when you turn your brain off, it's a fun movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what movies are about, right? Turn your brain off and just enjoy it. Enjoy, you, enjoy the ride. You got My favorite think. part of the movie, strangely enough, was uh, Tom Cruise as a test pilot, like at the beginning. I was I was all in on that. I was like, this is amazing. Was trying to get, like, mock something, mock 10 or yeah. something yeah, like that. Yeah, right? mock. I gotta be honest with you guys. You can't survive a Mach ten crash. <laughs> nobody's nobody's surviving that, bro. Okay, have you seen the die? Have you have you seen the Die Hard movies, Nick? Yes. Okay, so then if you're if you're arguing that, then you can't enjoy the Die Hard movies. I, like the I, shenanigans I, that happens in those movies is unreal, bro. I have a question about Prey. Well, okay. more a comment. How angry do you think like the grandson of the Predators in Prey were? Because they've been hearing, like, you know, like, you got to think, like, every 10, 25 years, the predator, the predators are visiting Earth, right? And they're just fucking people up. And then, like, there's got to be that one predator that shows up when they start getting machine guns. And he's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Dad said they just had, like, black powder rifles. And that was easy. <laughs> gah, gah, gah. And all of a sudden, you're getting hit with machine guns. You got to be like... Or, 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 yeah, or, like, the poor predator that shows up when Arnold Schwarzenegger got kids is holding a minigun. Yeah, like the hardest thing I thought was a grizzly bear. Right. Some type of animal. Right. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> that 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 predator is not remembered fondly. He's the black sheep of the family. Right. Right. He couldn't even kill the humans. They're like they had machine guns, Dad. Uh, <laughs> all right, so <laughs> so Nick has RRR Rise Roar Revolt. Yeah, so uh, a, a Telugu movie, right, which is kind of, I believe it's northern India. It's, it's basically Bollywood-esque movie. It's just a purely entertaining movie. It's another foreign film. you got to put subtitles on. It's a bit ridiculous. But it's just, it, it, has, it has everything you want. It has action scenes. It has dancing scenes. It has romance scenes. It has car chases. It has... Uh, special effects. It it is this does a multiverse movie. It has everything. No, I know. Does it have two rocks tied <laughs> right, to each speaking other? Speaking of suspension of disbelief, the intro to this movie to one of the characters is he grabs a guy from a crowd of literal hundreds and beats a bunch of people in the crowd to get to him. I'm like, there is no way on earth this would happen. But when you're watching, you are rooting for his ass. You're like, get his ass, get his ass. Yeah, and you probably shouldn't be because he's not a good character. Anyway, yeah. the, as you the, as you the, were, Nick. The only con in this movie is even even if you are invested in this movie, it took me multiple sittings to finish it. <laughs> it's like the Irishman. Even, yeah, even <laughs> if you are, even if our, I, I think it did. I think Luigi's right. I think it did take me three settings 
to watch this movie. It because it, it it gets to the point where it gets a little where it gets ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Luigi, I, I, Jason and Jermaine, you guys haven't seen this movie yet, have you? No, no, I barely heard about it today. Luigi, have you have you got to the tr- the crane the train crash part on the bridge? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief right. as we were there, talking. That is definitely something you need in this movie. And, and really something you need with every Bollywood movie, to be honest. But it gets you. It's just three hours. So I'm, I'm an hour, ten minutes in. I'm going to be finishing that tonight. But yeah, it is it is very entertaining already. Right. Sounds good to me. All right. So And then that brings brings it to me. I'm gonna have to check out these these uh, all quiet on the Western Front and RRR, but you know I I have one submission from early on in the year. Scream! I love the franchise. For those of you unfamiliar, it is a love letter to horror films, and so they really lean into tropes, and it's fucking amazing when they do. Uh, this one was tragic because my boy Officer Dewey. R.I.P. Oh, damn. You haven't seen it yet? No, but it's okay. Bro. Yeah. I've yeah, never look, seen you any had of stream films. You, so had, you, had a, you had a year, bro. I, I did. I did. I did. You're not, you're not wrong. Oh, none, none of the screen films, Luigi? Not a single one, no. no. Not even he's, he's, what? I've been, I've been trying to get him to watch them, too. I've, I've been telling him. Hey, they're good. There's, I think I think Scream Three was kind of rough, but for the most part, they're all they're all pretty good. Uh, even Scream Three, I enjoyed just because it capped off the trilogy. I mean, they have some great actors in it as well. So, it's definitely. I, I hear they're a great parody of slashers. Like they make fun of it in the movies, and it works really well. So I'm like, I I need to watch this. I don't know why I haven't. And so the way the way they they do it is awesome because like. Someone always breaks down the rules of a slasher film, right? You don't separate from the pack. You always, you know, you turn the light, like all the all the different tropes about it. But someone breaks it down in the film and then tells you, oh, yeah, the killer is probably someone related to. And then, boom, like there's the ominous turn. The camera snaps to the main character. and It's it's really nail on head kind of trope discussions. But it works. It is amazing. If you ever enjoyed the original slashers, this was like the perfect next thing to do with it and there's a new one coming out uh it looks kind of dumb in my opinion <laughs> just the premise on it like it's just them in new york city uh but it was just a teaser trailer so we'll see what happens but i'm gonna watch it and it's gonna be amazing so there, there there's like a few franchises that if they make a movie i'm gonna go watch it. it's transformers fast and furious scream like I will watch every single one of those knowing full well they will not be that great <laughs> but I will thoroughly enjoy them and then don't worry darling um one of the funny things to to just know about is there was so much behind the scenes drama between the entire cast of this movie right just heavy hitting actors in Hollywood and a heavy hitting director and it kind of added to it the desire to want to go watch this movie, right? But I had no effing clue what this film was about. 
And the reveal at the end. Wait, has everyone seen it before I spoil it again? No. No. Okay. I want to see it. All right. So I will not. I will not lean in to what it's actually about. But it. It's this couple. They are introduced into this community, and there's a community of all these couples, right? And all the husbands work together, and all the women stay home, and they do the kind of 1950 style vibe. But then things slowly start to come off the rails and the thread gets pulled and pulled even further. And if you love Florence Pugh, she absolutely kills it in this role. And the reveal at the end is just wild. I was just like, did not see this coming. It just it puts such a dark spin on the whole movie. And the way the way it ended was awesome. So that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Luigi has a comment on it. I know you've seen it, right, Luigi? I have not. But oh. if, from what I understand, it it just reminded me a lot of Stepford Wives. The, it has that 2000s feel. Movie? Okay, okay. It has that feel. But it, it's imagine that, but with 2022 experiences. Internet, technology, the feel of today's society, the expectations of a man and a woman, and it, you know that kind of stuff. Um, the character, uh, sorry, the costume design, the set design, the the choices for cars, all really, really well done. Um, yeah, I'd highly recommend watching this movie. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, Harry Styles kills it. Chris Pine kills it. Flores Pugh kills it. Uh, Olivia Wilde stars and directs. Uh, fantastic movie. But Yo, um, so that one probably was in. Um, I heard if correct me if I'm wrong, but Shackleton was supposed to play the role of Harry Styles. I and think he. So he was originally directed. Get it. Oh, Go ahead. Go no, he was originally yeah, cast, but. Apparent- I, he, yeah, and, and apparently, sorry, sorry, I, I think I'm gonna have a lag. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently, like maybe Olivia Wilde was dating Harry Styles, so that's why she casted him. But I heard he did a great job, so what does it matter? You know, I don't know. I heard, like you said, this whole controversy uh, about uh, this film is, is is wild. All the behind the scenes action on it. So I never Olivia really Wilde just trying to get it in. I never really read in, into the drama. I just remember seeing Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine, and Chris Pine did not react and hit on hit him in the face, which he should have done. Uh, so I was just like, "Well, I gotta watch this movie. <laughs> I gotta watch this movie now." Like, what the hell is going on? Uh, I did did not regret it. All right, so let's get to. We have to select one from this list, and I don't think everyone's seen all the movies. So I think everyone's seen Maverick, though. Guess Maverick's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would not be my pick, but sure. <laughs> no, of course not. Top Gun, Maverick is the choice. All right, just by default. <laughs> just by default. If no one's seen it all, how we can? How can we vote? So that, I was kind of gonna scrap the voting initially, but Top Gun, Maverick. Congratulations, you get the roomie for best movie this year. Moving in to best show, Jason. Go ahead, take it away. Uh, I'm going to go with House of Dragon for one of my picks. And keep in mind, guys, I did not watch Game of Thrones uh, at all uh, watching House of Dragon. There's a reason you picked House of Dragon, then. 
Um, <laughs> well, see, so I liked House of Dragons so much after the end of season one that I am actually going back into watching Game of Thrones. I'm in season three and I love it. Um, yo, man, just uh, just you know, wait, the my friend. Just wait. <laughs> I know I've, I've heard, but I was like, you know what? I'm ready for it. I'm gonna be disappointed at the end. I actually know who takes the throne, so I'm okay with it. Um, we've we've all seen Game of Thrones, so there's actually uh, Jermaine. Now, now we can talk about it a little bit. I'm in season three, episode five. There's a scene where uh, uh, what's that one punk name kid Joffrey? He says. <laughs> Oh look, this is are the, the remains of Rhaenyra Targaryen when she was eaten by that dragon. That's all that's left of her. I was like, oh shit! So Rhaenyra Targaryen gets eaten by a dragon. Cool. Now I know that going into House of Dragon, um, it, it it was just great, man. Uh, I, you know, you start hating some characters in the beginning <laughs> and just the development of it, and you're like, oh, I actually kind of like this guy, even though he's kind of a douchebag, right? Uh, I don't know, man. It's just it. it it's a great show. Um, the ending is amazing, Jason. Don't let anyone sway you otherwise. It was just rushed. That was the only was flaw. Rushed. That okay. that was the only flaw with the ending. But yeah, you'll start to realize that the theme of Game of Thrones and all. We'll discuss it later when you're much further. I don't want to say it now, but I appreciate uh, it. the Thank the you. ending uh, was the most nail on the head ending. But those dudes, they got awarded a Star Wars trilogy. And they wanted out. And HBO did not want to end the series. They wanted to end the series. So they crammed all that stuff into uh, seven episodes. Uh, it was unfortunate. And then they ended up not getting the trilogy because they, they fucking rushed the, the final season. So it's kind of like, hey, damned if you do, damned if you don't. All right, take us into Andor. I, I did Andor. not like House of Dragon, by the way. Oh, you didn't? Oh, nor, well. nor did I. Oh, that's unfortunate. No, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, dude, I stopped season, watching. It was, it was a Yo, season man, of nothing happening. I'm all about dialogue, so I mean, it, it and character development. So uh, I, I enjoyed it personally. In my but, opinion, I mean, the dialogue but you guys, wasn't even that good. I mean, you guys grew. You guys watched all of Game of Thrones, so maybe, maybe you guys are used to that. But I, I personally loved it. Uh, Andor, uh, it's a Star Wars uh, prequel to uh, uh, Rogue One, and it follows Cassian Andor. And just pretty much how the start of the rebellion came about, and uh, it, that also started off pretty slow. But uh, towards the end, it was just pretty amazing, man. And honestly, I didn't feel like I was watching the Star Wars series. Um, there's a lot of monologues and just a lot of like, hey, re rebellion, and just totally against the government. When you see that they're doing something wrong, they know the risks that they're taking, but they're willing to do that. So for so the for their future kids and stuff can maybe live a better life. Uh I loved all the tropes to it, man. It was is truly amazing. Yeah, I haven't finished Andor, but from what I've seen so far, this show seems like it's gonna be very, very good. Um some of the best you know, monologues I've heard on TV. There it's not gonna be as awesome as Obi-Wan. I know that people love to bash Obi-Wan, but that show is outstanding. And the one difference is there's Jedi in Obi Wan. <laughs> so love Obi Wan. But but speaking of Andor, have you heard of the sequel that they're doing to Rogue One? I have it's, not. It's going to be directed by George Lucas. It's called A New Hope, and it was released in 1977. Oh, 
<laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I have heard whispers about that about George Lucas doing that project. It's gonna it's gonna set him on the map. <laughs> Luigi's dude. so mad, dude. <laughs> You got me there. You got me there. <laughs> oh, boy. I couldn't resist. All right, Nick, take us into the terminal list. Who right. stars in this? I've never even heard of this. This is Chris Pratt. Oh, it's I'm a, in. It's an Amazon Prime show. That's why I never heard of it. About Chris Pratt is a uh, naval special warfare development group. Oh, here oh we he go. might He might actually just be a regular team guy. He's a team guy. Who basically in the first episode, their team gets ambushed, basically on an op gone wrong, bad intel or something like that. Can't be development group then. <laughs> Chris Pratt ends up hitting his head, and for the first half of the series, if if you guys want to watch it, I I I will try to be as vague as possible. But for the first half of the series, probably the first. 60% of the series. It is shot and directed so well and acted so well that you are questioning what you've seen so far in the series. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. I like and like that. the way that it's shot is it's shot like a regular, like a, a, a regular series. And then they'll go back and they'll show you the same scene, but from different people's perspective. And you're like, you're like, oh man, maybe Chris oh, Pratt. It, you're like, maybe Chris Pratt is going crazy. <laughs> and it, I, you know, there was, you know, I, I love a good, I love a good show. I love, I love a good show or a movie in Hollywood that can take the normal tropes like we've been talking about, lead you down a path, and then hit you with a shovel on top of the head, right? And be like, nope, that's not where we were going. <laughs> and Those... there is an episode in the terminal list where I, where at the, it ends, I believe it's episode three or four, it ends. And I legitimately put my hand on my head and I went, maybe Chris, <laughs> Pr I went, maybe Chris Pratt is the bad guy of this show. <laughs> What have I been watching? Yeah, I was, no, like, I I was like, man, I was like, man, I've been rooting for Chris Pratt, and he's kind of being a fucking dickhead right now. So, I'm, I'm gonna have it, to check this out. Yeah, it's it's a really great show. They, you know, it's it's action based. It's everything you want. It's kind of like a good detective show. It's a good, it's a good like It's a good like thriller. It's a good like, uh, it's it's everything you want. It's it's everything that a good movie, like a good thriller movie, should have, but it's spread over eight episodes. So you're like, so so you don't ever like, you're never like wanting more from from like a movie. Got it. So I uh, I'm a so I'm I have the bear, and uh, oh. so this show has Lip from Shameless. I forget his actual real name. I think he's a terrific actor. One of the reasons why I actually hit play on the show, but it, it follows the story of a well-educated chef, like in high-profile kitchens, who comes back to Chicago to run a cheesesteak shop that his brother uh, ultimately left to him. And one of the best parts about watching this show is the way the director is able to capture this chaotic energy at all times throughout it. Almost as if 
he is literally sitting in a high profile kitchen where everyone has their stations and they're running back and forth and everyone's yelling, yes, chef, no chef, maybe chef, fuck off chef, right? And they're able to capture that energy at all times in the show, whether they are in the kitchen or not. Every character feels unique. They don't feel forced on you. It feels very Chicago. Obviously, another reason why I love the show. But in the payoff at the end, you know, where the, the characters kind of got this come up and it's like, oh, you know, it makes you feel good and makes you look forward to what they could possibly do next with the show. Uh, the acting's phenomenal. I thought the script was phenomenal. The, the beats they had for a comedic value, like where they put, they put all these kids to sleep because somebody accidentally spikes the, uh, spikes the, pun <laughs> the punch bowl with, uh, what is it? The Ghostbusters punch. Is it, it is it Xanax? They put Xanax. Is Xanax make you sleepy? Yeah, yeah they spilled enough Xanax. Yeah, yeah, enough of it. So they put Xanax yeah. into it. The kids were all crushed on the floor. And the dad of the kid whose party was targeting, who's just like, I like this. Yeah, he's <laughs> so, like, he wasn't even mad. He's like, yo, man, I messed up. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of nice. <laughs> He's like, this is nice. And if you ever had a party for kids, you could totally agree with that beat. And I just enjoyed that show a lot. Uh, it didn't overstay its welcome. That's one of the reasons why I enjoyed it very much more than, than most shows. And I uh, look forward to see what they do next. Obviously, my next choice is Stranger Things. Uh, enough said. Uh, you know, it's, it is that popular for a reason. Uh, I used to push back on it, but I hadn't seen it yet. I was just like, can it really be that good? Uh, four seasons later, it is that good. I love the nod to d and I'm a big-time nerd, so it's right up my alley. Um, and, yeah, I, th I think it's fantastic. So I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to you, Luigi. Just give us a rundown. We've already covered the bear, obviously. Uh, thank you, Chef. <laughs> so I'm going to go into Station Eleven. Uh, this came out in January, December, January of this year. It is about uh, an apocalypse that happens in terms of uh, a sickness that pretty much kills uh, over half of the population. There's no zombies, anything like that. It just kills over half the population. They aren't able to sustain the kinds of systems and infrastructure that they have. So everything kind of crumbles. And it's following the society of people that like... Uh, go around towns and do Shakespearean plays. And it it really goes into, like, the human connection on the show. It has a lot of uh, character relationships that are really interesting to watch. And it's more so about people maturing into themselves and being okay with loss and being able to move on than it is about this, this sickness. Because there is no resolution of this at the end but it's it's a very very good show highly recommend it uh, i put it on here because i didn't think anyone uh had seen it so i definitely recommend it never even uh, heard of it yeah it's on hbo max uh good good watch favorite character for me is jeevan uh you'll see why if you watch it really good character i'm gonna move on i did mention the you did mention the bear that's one of my picks i'm not going to talk about it again uh, except that you just you grow to love all those characters 
And yeah. my last pick is even the love even the death. bitchy uh, Hispanic lady, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You they they convince you of something with every character, and then suddenly <laughs> turn it around on you, and you're like, "Oh, I do like you." Okay. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, you could be a bitch some more. Go ahead, carry on." Touche. <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm wrong. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a good one. Uh, love, death, and robots. If you guys have not caught this. It is a fantastic anthology that comes out. I don't know if it's every year or every other year, but they do some really cool work with animation and have some amazing original stories. They are for adults. Don't have if you got kids, don't don't fucking have them watch this because they're they're gonna remember it in a bad way. So, <laughs> so this the, is the, definitely the, an the adult series show. is titled that because every episode has some form of love, death, and robots. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Most of them do. I think uh, the only one that I didn't say, see with robots was Hibaro, but there was love and death in that one. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, highly recommend. I can't really get into that one too much because everyone has every single one is a different storyline. But highly recommend if you like anthology and animation. Awesome. All right, time to make a vote. We've got a heavy-hitting list here. Uh, Bear, Stranger Things, House of Dragon, and or the Terminal List, Station Eleven, and Love, Death, and Robots. What do you, What are you guys' thoughts? Who are we giving the roomie to? I vote the bear. I vote the bear. If we if there's three of us in there that have seen it and really enjoy it, I'm gonna go with the bear as well. I love the bear. All right, I'll acquiesce. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give an honorable mention though. Uh, I thought somebody was gonna mention Peacemaker, so I didn't put it on there. But Peacemaker was a great watch this year too. I was going to, and then I yeah. just decided not to. Uh, we'll go ahead and get into best album. Let's make this one a little bit quick. Uh, Nick, to you with your staggering selection. Hey, listen, it's not staggering, okay? Every now and then, I got to be a basic bitch, all right? I like, the, <laughs> I like the PSLs when they come out. All right, those are pumpkin spice lattes for you friggin' weirdos out there who don't know what that is. Whoa. Sometimes I like my Adele. I like my Taylor Swift. And Midnight is a fire album. If you don't think Midnight's a fire album, oh, I'm sorry you have a good life right now. Ugh. (laughs) There is a song for every... If you listen to the song, then read the lyrics, then listen to the song again, there is a song on Midnight that you can relate to. And that's all I'm going to say. I ain't going to hate on that. I I like some Adele, too. I really enjoy my it. girlfriend will have to agree with that. She got the she got the record. Oh, how manly it's, it's, of you! It's my catchy, girlfriend man. will agree with you. It's a good record. It, no, it is. She plays it all the time, and I I fuck with it, man. Yeah. It's not all bad. right, Nick. I'll it's give it a shot. All. I'll give it a shot. I just is Taylor Swift ever not going to be heartbroken? No, she not, man. She, yeah. she she purposefully like dates people to break up with them to write songs about them. <laughs> That's what I feel Genius. like. I'm over, I'm over Taylor Swift. I don't think her music's that good. So I will say that. Although I'm I'm w- the minority because the world seems to be in line for million-dollar tickets right now. I mean, I'm not going to pay $900 for a ticket. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Absolutely you not. Know? Yeah, no. uh, so my selection is Ecstasy by Greek. It's a nine album, uh, kind of soulful. Nine you album? Know, Nine nine tracks, sorry. Nine oh, tracks, shit. soulful, okay. uh, kind of has a kind of hip-hop feel to it, but it's more, you know, house music, so it's a very blended type sound. 
Uh, every time I play, every track hits. Phenomenal. Um, you know, Lovers and Friends is the opening track. It's outstanding. Rewind is probably one of the bigger tracks off of it. Um, but everything on this is it's fantastic. It's got lovey-dovey feels, so it's perfect for Nick. Uh, that that's my selection. It was my album of the year this year, and so I'm gonna bring it here. Uh, I would wager almost nobody's heard it though. So, <laughs> have it. It's on the list now, buddy. Yeah, it's great, uh, Jason. I think you'll very much enjoy it. Um, it sounds like when you were explaining, I was like, that sounds like my vibe. But, yeah, it. Yeah. The whole album is a vibe for sure. Um, you know, it's not for when you're down in the dumps. So if your life's not good right now, maybe you don't want to listen to this. <laughs> just mess with you nick all right <laughs> off to you uh luigi looks like well luigi and jason could tag team this one. Oh, not the first time hey whoa hey definitely not whoa pause. only with you jermaine <laughs> uh so uh, we both picked uh, yeah we both picked mr morale and the big steppers by kendrick lamar just the man keeps growing as an artist and it's hard to it's hard to ignore it man overall the entire album tells a tells a story that's just it's heartbreaking but it's real and it's something that everyone can relate to at least uh most men can relate to i know that it's you know i talked to my girl about it and she's like yeah i get it it's really cool i don't know if i can relate relate to it but i understand it and i was like that's cool i'll take that that works so it, it was a it was a really interesting concept for me what do you think jason no, I, I agree. Like he tackles a lot of uh, aspects in his life growing up, kind of like a how he did with uh, Good Kid, Mad City. He's talking about his like his lifestyle growing up as a kid, but like now he's talking about his lifestyle growing up with fame and having to deal with infidelity, growing up with his kid and as as a kid uh, having to grow up with uh, his aunt that's transitioning, uh, having to I said infidelity, all right, and having to <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just like also not understanding like how he's rivals with other artists and like how some of his artists companions like can have a beef and then come together and he's like I just don't understand that and yeah it's just uh, amazing he just the way he tackles it and the way he approaches everything and able to bring on other artists and kind of work together and still make it sound just unique it was amazing to me. Yeah, Plus, so, the live show was amazing. Sonically, this album sounds amazing. And then when you actually deep dive the the you know the concepts that he's he's wrestling with, it you know it's all stuff that almost everyone's dealt with, and uh, it, it's it's it was kind of refreshing to hear something like that coming out of hip hop, like from a creative atmosphere. It's not just, I got the biggest chain. Look at my car. My house is big. My bitch's booty's big. I fucked yo bitch and yo bitches, bitch and yo bitches, bitches, bitch. Like it it wasn't (laughs) like that. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think I thoroughly, I, I agree with you. Like this, this album, you know, I didn't put it on my top ten albums just because you, know, you don't have to state that it's one of your top ten albums like this. Because you know it is. This yeah. will be a classic. This will be something that you can go back and listen to. And every time you listen to this album, um, there is a new topic for you to discover. And uh, man, and the way he uses his voice as an, another instrument on tracks it will always forever blow my mind. <laughs> so I, I, I think I agree with you. 
So pretty much mine's eliminated. So we're down to Taylor Swift and Mr. Morale, the big steppers. I would not be shocked if Taylor Swift won this. She's a mega icon. She's a fucking hit. How long is this album? Let me go look at this. I want to go see this. She does have a history of winning when a uh, black artist should have won, I guess, right? <laughs> yo, yo, you had the best. <laughs> yo, Luigi, I'm going to stop yeah. you. <laughs> I'm going to stop you. <laughs> you had the best album, but Taylor Swift is going to win. <laughs> I think it's like an hour or something, something like that. So she had 13 songs. Okay, it doesn't overstay as welcome. Uh, 44 minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's still Taylor Swift, though. I don't know if I'll ever hit play. I respect your decision, though. All right, so it's uh, up to you guys. What, which one are we taking, Taylor Swift or Kendrick? I say Kendrick. It's Kendrick. All right. I'm just going to copy. I've been typing it in. I'm like, what am I doing, bro? All right. We'll get it to best song. Uh, Luigi, kick it off. Let's uh, make this one brief, please. All right, so this almost was my best album, but I decided to just do song. Uh, this was De La Playa by Bad Bunny, if you hear it. It goes from one like simple reggaeton beat that's slow mo, and then it hits and turns into a uh, merengue style reggaeton beat, and it just it works. It's it's a booty shaking <laughs> song. It's gonna get girls on the dance floor. It's a lot of fun. It, we it we just know works. we know Luigi's motivation now. <laughs> <laughs> like Abby, listen to the song. Hey, shake that thing. <laughs> And uh, Saoko by Rosalia. If you haven't heard the hook on this song, is fantastic. I have not heard this one. Y'all, y'all should check it out. The hook on it is, ah man, I could listen to that song over and over. So those are my two picks. I have heard that Bad Bunny song. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's that was a good song. It's a good song. Yeah. Not not surprised (laughs) to see that selection. All right, go ahead, Jason. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sir. Nothing even matters. It's just a nice love song. Because usually Sir talks about heartbreak, so it seems like he's in love right now, and I feel that right now in that moment. So it's just a kind of a I, I relate Nick, Nick to it. So it's like I love my girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I'm also going to go with Surfaces. I can't help but feel it was a great summer song, man. I was jamming to that in the summer, dude. It was just a great summer song. If you guys were looking, uh, I, I feel like those are like some of the best songs, right? If you're just jamming out to in the summer, you're you're at the pool drinking with your friends. J Rock win. <laughs> exactly. Summer song 2018. <laughs> exactly, Dick. That that's what it felt like. But it's just a nice vibe, nice something you can just uh, that everyone can maybe enjoy. It was it was cool. And then uh, I just had to throw Kendrick in there. Mirror was a very uh, just him about saying like, "Hey, man, I know the pandemic happened, and like, hey, where was I when all this BLM stuff was happening? Like, I had, was going through my own shit." And sometimes I have to choose myself instead of everyone around me. It's a very emotional song. So I had to put that in there. Yep. Isn't that so. where, he, where he also calls out that, that female rapper that tried to call him out by saying, like, where you been this whole time? I've been here. Uh, that's another song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mine is, mine is a Goji glimpse of us. Again, if you feel like being a sad boy and listening to a song. Listen to it. It's a great song. Wait, Wait. it's pronounced Goji? Maybe. <laughs> oh, dude, I thought I thought this whole time was was Joji. Maybe Joji. I don't know. <laughs> they, there's also a guy who used to play in the NFL named Julio Jones. So I don't know how to pronounce things. Anymore. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I just uh, this guy was a YouTube uh, uh, 
dude, right? For a while. I, I'm Maybe. not sure. I know yeah. his music's good. Yeah. 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 His no, music's music good. This, so, this song's take. good. It's all over TikTok. It's good. Yeah. Is it really Jason, on TikTok? I'm not on TikTok. The point is, if so. you want to be sad, go listen to it, all right? <laughs> right. Right. Everyone has the sad music they want to listen to when they're you sad. You got to. So. I have a playlist yeah. for it. I got a playlist for it. Yeah, we all we all get it. I, right. That I that that song is good. However, you say the artist's name, <laughs> I yeah. think I, I stamp staying away from it now. Uh, yeah, I think I agree that that's a very good song. Um, glimpse of us. Oh, ooh, foreshadowing. All right, so I have two tracks. Make this quick. Ahmad Anonymous. Uh, I found this uh, artist this year, and I can't stop listening to him. I think he's fantastic, and this song was the the, the first song I started listening to from him. Uh, well, I listened to his album last year, but this song this year, fantastic. And uh, it, this was my summer song because it exactly described how I felt all summer. I just didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to go to work. And it's catchy, and it's boppy, and, and the hook is fantastic. So I highly recommend listening to that song. It's a great waking up. Uh, ringer or alarm or whatever shout out drake and then the very next song was shared to me by a good friend of uh most of the podcast uh thomas it's could heaven ever be like this and that track that title name perfectly encompasses what this song makes you feel because you're like this song makes you feel so good you're like could heaven ever be like this the answer is obviously yes <laughs> but uh it's just a, it's a fun way to tackle it and that's actually my song of the year could heaven ever be like this um i can play that no matter what i'll be listening to that seven years from now just like j-rock win summer song 2018 um it, I, those are both two. Those are my top two tracks this year. So it was a no-brainer to put this on this list. Now, uh, this will be a very difficult one for all all of us to vote on. So I don't know if we can even vote on this one. I I haven't heard a lot of these. I want to now, but I haven't heard <laughs> a lot of these. So I I would have to abstain. Let's yeah, give it. Let's it. let's give it a glimpse of us. Glimpse of us, Gogi. 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 Oh, oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, he. Uh, yeah. So we'll give it to that one. Everyone loves a little sad music. Uh, and we'll go ahead and keep it pushing to the very next topic. Oh. oh. Who's who's messing up back there? Somebody's getting reminded. Alexa's listening. All right, the very next one is Best Artist. Uh, this one's relatively easy. We don't really have to talk about it. Uh, Luigi has Bad Bunny, as he just alluded to, with his song of the year. Uh, Jason also has Bad Bunny, but then snuck in Kendrick Lamar again, who took home the roomie for Best Album. Nick has Taylor Swift. Fair fucking choice. She's a mega icon. She arguably may go down as one of the biggest musicians of all time. And I have two DJs I absolutely love this year that most nobody has ever heard of. I just wanted to spotlight them and hope people go listen to them. Fred again and Mike Nasty. I will will back Jermaine up. I saw Fred again at the Gorge this year in Seattle. He is amazing. Yes. I heard nothing but great things. And I did listen to that Mike Nasty album. It was pretty nasty. (laughs) 
Yay! Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, Underground Flower by Mike Nasty. A- outstanding. The active EP, outstanding. He dropped another EP, which I is escaping me right now. Uh, check both those EPs out. They he Those two went down on my top 10 albums of the year. Um, yeah, can't, can't say enough. But let's go ahead and get into the vote. We have three artists, Bad Bunny, Kendrick Lamar, and Taylor Swift. And... Uh, I think I'm leaning. I think I'm leaning Bad Bunny on this one. I'm gonna go Bad Bunny just because he beat Drake and streams on Spotify. Man, he he just had himself a year. And that album like, took over the summer, and then he comes out in Bullet Train to top it off. That was that was great. Yeah, dude, I actually yeah. really enjoyed him in Bullet Train. I ain't gonna yeah, lie. me too. Yeah, when, Wolf, right? when he popped yeah. up. So this one, we're gonna go ahead and let Nick start. I didn't even know you played this game. I've never played this game. I just know it was a phenomenon. At the time. So we'll go ahead and let Nick start, then we'll get into the other ones. Go all ahead, right, Nick. Alright, so 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 I kinda I kinda have two ways to approach this category. Right? I have the best game I played this year, which was a small game from a studio called or a, a small game a, a game from a small studio called Firewatch. If you guys have played Firewatch or haven't played Firewatch, it's on Xbox Game Pass. Go download it. It probably takes four hours to finish the story. It's a fantastic story. Uh, it makes, I mean, we're, we're here to feel things, right? And it, it, it is just a fantastic story. Great artwork, great game. But that's not the game that came out in the best video game of 2022. The best video game of 2022 for me, the one that I played, is Wordle. That shit had me just guessing like that shit was a like Jermaine said a cultural phenomenon for like two months and people would judge you people would <laughs> share it on social media it became like a meme of like green boxes and people were like what the fuck is going on here right yeah wordle is the best game of 2022 mainly I didn't maybe mainly because I didn't play God of War or or uh, El- or Elden Ring I never got Elden Ring, Jermaine. Oh, what? It never showed up. So we paid for it and never got it? I guess. Man, I wonder if it's too late to say anything. Probably. <laughs> Didn't we get it like a year ago? <laughs> I might... Listen, I never got that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... Can you uh... just send me the new one? <laughs> that's too funny. So I, I took uh, Grounded... So for those of you who don't know, Grounded is kind of like Minecraft. It's a build-your-own-adventure, but it has it's more story-based, where you have to go out and explore this world. You are It's very much Honey, We Shrunk the Kid. You're shrunken down, but then you're more Roman gladiator, where you have to fight and kill these uh, insects to build better armor, to build better you know uh, things to build houses with, to build blacksmith stations, and so on and so, so forth. So very much similar to how Age of Empires works, where you're moving up the chain of sophistication and technology. Uh, this has the same, same thing. And the updates that they have been releasing lately uh, actually increases the quality of life of the game. So I played it very much so when it was more in a beta form. And man, it was a nuisance to get some things done. Backpacks weren't big enough. Uh, you know, there was no fast travel system. Uh, we had to build zip lines everywhere. Uh, and now Grounded has done a lot of things to make these better. Um, they it's, it's better now. 
It's even better now based on what they said. I'm willing to play it again because I didn't start it from the beginning. Uh, it's fantastic. It's a, it's it's so it seems like such a simple concept, but it's so fun. The story is just absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. I built this awesome castle treehouse in the game. Um, and that was my humble abode that I always went back to. So I've had a lot of fun. And then obviously I'm going to take Pokemon Violet, a huge Pokemon Stan. Um, I've been wanting to hear about this one. So, so it's a lot of fun. It's open world. There's no transitions. You can literally just go from all around the world in, in just in and out of cities, except for one city, which is like the main one where your school is at. Uh, there's three different story modes. You have victory road. Everyone should be familiar with that from the first. That's where you battle the gyms, and then you battle the elite four, and then you battle the champion. And at the end of it, end of it, you let you drop your dick on the table and you say you're the grand champion. I'm the best Pokemon master to ever live. Uh, they had another story where you take down Team Star. Uh, that's this game's uh, Team Rocket, but there's kind of an underlying story about don't be a bully uh, with that. So, you know, it for as an adult, I didn't really care for it, but. You know, kids are the ones who are going to be playing this. So uh, I, I thought the story was fantastic from that point of view. And then there was another one where you had to track down Titans to find Urba Mystica, which is what they call it in this game. Uh, and it's just, it's, you know, it helps you find better Pokemon. It helps you, it you know, you can restore Pokemon's health with it and stuff. And then at the end of the game, there's an Area Zero. Uh, and you... It's this crater where it's like super impossible uh, for anyone to have done an expedition in there. And you go in there and the story gets absolutely bananas. I'm just going to go ahead and get into it because I don't know if any of you are going to play it. But um, the father of one of the characters that becomes your friend in this is actually artificial intelligence. He died down there in Area 1. Uh, he created a time machine and there's paradox Pokemon that have been introduced to the Paldea region and these Pokemon are from the future. So I played Pokemon Violet, the Pokemon were from the future, that was robots. If you played Pokemon Scarlet, the Pokemon were from the past and they were dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, this game gets nuts towards the end. Oh, uh, it is outstanding. The one issue that people had with this game had nothing to do with the actual game itself. It was the fact that the Nintendo Switch is now a dated console and the refresh rates could not keep up. So you could literally drive into a Pokemon that wasn't even there. <laughs> so, like, for context, right? Uh, I had a Pokemon use Dig. He never came back. <laughs> and so there was, like, glitches like that because the hardware of the console couldn't keep up. It's just escaped That sounds real. <laughs> sounds like D.B. Cooper Pokemon. <laughs> uh, I've had a blast. I'm currently trying to catch them all. I'm, like, 370 into the 400. Uh, so highly recommend Pokemon games are always a lot of fun. You don't really have to think too much unless you really want to get into it and battle competitively online and have the perfect individual values on all your Pokemon level 100, try to win the championship that way. Um, but overall great game. So I'll throw it to you, Luigi. Uh, for me, I've got two picks. One I'm not even done with, but I like it that much. And I'm going to be honest. I know why I didn't win game of the year. It really is a lot of the same things, but they expanded on all the good things that are that they had about it. It's God of War, Ragnarok. Uh, 
it's uh, there's not much else to say. If you've played the first one, this one is more of the same thing, but in the best ways possible. They've really expanded on the game and they've uh, cleaned up some of the things that weren't so smooth about it. So it's just a it's perfecting the original. I've I had a blast with the original, so I'm having a blast with this one too. All right, and then, and then the next one. So this one, all of all of us have played this one. I'm pretty sure, and yeah. uh, it is still since I was a ch- what? Not even as a child, Nick. Oh no wonder you're a sad boy. You're a sad boy. <laughs> it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. Uh, this is pretty much a remake of the original arcade games. Uh, I used to be obsessed with that. I remember throwing like $25 into one of those arcade machines just to beat the whole game. It was a blast. And it was oh, just going back and revisiting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's that. You just you This is part two to friends. that. This one's part two to that. Oh, so it's not a remake. Okay, okay. But yeah, I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, it was cool because you get to play multiplayer with uh, your friends online. So that was that was awesome when we did that a couple times. And it's super easy to download. It's like a gig. You can play with Casey Jones, April O'Neil, the Turtles, and Splinter. Uh, just a lot of fun. You can get up to six people at once, and I highly don't recommend it. That shit was bananas to try to keep track of your character, but it's a lot of a lot a lot of fun. Uh, side scroller, beat them up style if you've ever played those then you then you know what you're in store for um, that one in the simpsons arcade game those were the best awesome yeah. i preferred the uh the x-men one oh touche. that was dope too yeah all right jason go ahead uh for me i'm gonna go with uh high on life and it's a first person shooter game uh from the creators of uh rick and morty justin roiland and I just like the interaction. Like, it's just a lot of dialogue that's really fun. The gameplay itself, it's as a first person shooter game, it's it's not that great. I'm going to be completely honest, but like the interactions that you have with the uh, NPCs are pretty dope. Uh, and it's hilarious. It, for me, I'm just playing it for the story mode and just the interaction with all these characters. It's hilarious. I uh, highly recommend it. And lastly, I'm going to go with Fall Guys. It's like a uh, the mini games for Mario Party. Uh, but you get to play with your online with your friends and it's a knockout stage you, you just got to make it to the finish line but it's just so fun to play with uh your friends your nephews it's a very kid-friendly game available on gay pass it's ready to eat for everyone and there it was just it was just fun it's a good time to play with friends you don't have to be good at it uh in in order to just hang out with your friends and just talk shit to each other and just laugh and bullshit it's the perfect game to drink and play with your friends because you yeah. don't really have to think very hard on it so <laughs> Uh, so that that brings us to eight total editions. Nick, I added Firewatch since you opened with that one. I know that you really only wanted Wordle, but that's just more for the posterity of the podcast. So let's go ahead and narrow this down to one choice. If we had to give one, we have to give one roomie out. What game are we giving it to? I'd say Fall Guys. I'd say Fall Guys. I could live with Fall Guys. <laughs> I'm okay with Fall Guys. All right, Fall Guys it is. Uh, awesome game, super simple. You know, I haven't played the new God of War yet. I'm waiting for it to go on sale because I'm a cheap bastard. Uh, but I know that game is going to be awesome. Uh, but I, I, I feel like for best video game, you should go with ones that are multiplayer, not just first player. That's just me personally. Let's go ahead and get into be- best podcasts. 
Uh, I'll go first. Mine's Variant the Podcast. This is, was a YouTube channel that eventually started a podcast. It's all nerd everything. They deep dive comic storylines. They talk about what's coming out movie-wise. They do a lot of just all things superhero-related. Uh, two very knowledgeable individuals. One of them actually wrote a comic book just recently that uh, had a very classic feel. An homage to kind of early... DC stuff where Superman meant hope and uh, things, you know, things of that nature, you know, more colors, not all doom and gloom all the time. And it's told from the perspective of journalists. Oh, I don't know why I'm going into this, to the comic book. I'm going to stop there. But the podcast is dope. If you love, uh, love the nerd stuff. Check out uh, the podcast if you want to learn about his comic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Luigi, go ahead. All right, so for me, it's going to be The Big Hit Show. It just came out this year. Every couple months, he will come out with a new set. It started off, I know this is going to be random, but it started off with Twilight, and he did a deep dive on the Twilight films slash books and the fan, the fandom behind it, even the backlash to the movies. And then he went into a whole, a whole season on Fight Club, the movie and book. Then he did a whole thing on Pokemon, I'm waiting for his next one. Every single one is a great deep dive into random different subjects and gives you so many details behind the scenes of how they were made, how they were almost not made, uh, what the minds behind some of these were, some of these ideas were. For example, the To Pimp a Butterfly, um, the season on To Pimp a Butterfly was just fantastic, just going behind the scenes with the creators on these songs and hearing what Kendrick had to say on some of the things uh, that he did for his album. It's really, really fun to listen to. That sounds pretty interesting. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. That's why I stopped talking. All right, go ahead, Jason. Tell us what your uh, favorite podcast for the year is. I'm going to go with the uh, Fantasy Footballers. Uh, it's just about three guys just kind of giving you advice on what to do with waiver wires and just who to pick, draft, and they're just year-round type of guys. And they're also pretty funny. Um, they helped me a lot, either lose or win, and it's all opinion based, right? At the end of the day, it's all luck. But I, I just love listening to them, and it's just a nice, um, you know, on the way to work and on the way from work to going back home to listen to. I could second Jason. That's a great podcast. Uh, those they're just they crack me up. <laughs> it's literally three. <laughs> they, do. they started the podcast on their fa their own fantasy league and it just became bigger and bigger and bigger and now all they do yeah. is talk about fantasy football so uh good for them nick looks like you have three choices here so we'll, we'll go ahead and uh get into those go ahead yeah so i so i have two podcasts that i listen to on a on on a general basis and and uh anytime i can, you can get me to sit down and listen to a podcast on a, on a general basis that's pretty good so the, the first one is Two Bears, One Cave that features Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. Uh, when, when, when one of them is not present, they normally bring on their comedian friends. It's, it, it, it's just like a wholesome funny. It's like a turn your brain off and just kind of laugh uh, podcast. The other one is uh, one by a comedian named Tim Dillon. It's called The Tim Dillon Experience. That one's a, a little bit more thought-provoking but and, and political, but he is so over the top. He's a big fat gay comedian who kind of <laughs> who kind of like toes the line. It was who's very politically and culturally savvy, 
but does this kind of exaggeration of he plays a maybe he doesn't even play a character, but he's from the Hamptons uh, in New York. He's from he's from uh, Long Island, I believe, and and it he just he's it's so funny to listen to him. Uh, I, I I included a bonus thing in here. If you have not heard, I know there's a lot of opinions on the Joe Rogan experience. You need to listen to Joe Rogan, their Sober October episode. So this is Joe Rogan. This is the beginning of November after Joe Rogan, the two comedians I mentioned, Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura, and their other comedian friend, Ari Shafir, have done an entire month of competing and not drinking alcohol or smoking. And they basically get on a podcast, drink, smoke, and just bullshit for three and a half hours. And it is literally like every experience I've had with my friends where you just you don't see each other for a while and you just get back together and you just drink and smoke and talk shit and do dumb stuff. This last one that they did, they did a push-up contest. Like 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 on the on air. They did a push-up contest because they because Joe Rogan thought he could double Burt Kreischer's push-ups. And it's just, it's a very entertaining episode to listen to because it's like sitting around with your idiot friends. Spoil it for us. Did he double it? He did not double it, no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, so we have, uh, what is that? Five choice, six choices. Uh, big hit show, fantasy footballers, two bears, one cave, Tim Dillard experience, JRE, just the one episode in the very podcast. Um, to be honest, never heard the big hit show, so it's probably going to be one of Nick's or Jason's for me. Uh, the Two Bears, One Cave, I think, is hysterical. And I haven't heard the Sober October episode. So, um, Has anyone listened to the Fantasy Footballers? No? No? Uh, I, I think uh, they they deserve the love that Jason gave them. But um, I think we, we're going to go with Two Bears, One Cave. Does anyone disagree with that? No. Did not. No, I'll, I'll say sure. Why not? Yeah, put that in there, <laughs> I mean, the way you guys explained it, it sounded awesome. So yeah, I'm gonna have I'm to listen to it now. Do, so, do you guys know? Yeah, I mean, you know those, you know those comedians, right? You know those two yeah. comedians. Bert Kreischer is the guy who takes his shirt off. He did. Yep. He did the. He did the machine, Luigi. Yeah. No. Right. No. He's funny. He he he's on the Joe Rogan. Uh, do you like stand up? Do you, are you a, do you like to laugh, Luigi? Do you do you like to have enjoyment in your life, or are you dead I'm inside? Not, I am not a sad that? boy. I am not a sad boy. Yes, I do enjoy. <laughs> yo yo, he, he's the one where he said he's he was on a train with some Russians, right? And like they loved him so much. The machine, right? Yeah, the machine. The machine. Yeah. I love that guy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Luigi, if you haven't seen these comedians, uh, I'm definitely looking it up right now. Oh, the sober, I've the, I, the 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 yeah. definitely start. So what what led me to Two Bears One Cave and the Tim Dillon Experience is Joe Rogan's podcast. Yep, yep, same. And the sober October episode is what led me to Two Bears One Cave because it is it's it's just like sitting around with your friends. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great because it's just two really funny comedians trying to make each other laugh. And they recently, one of them recently gave the other one Nazi memorabilia. And <laughs> the guy was just dead. Just could it's not so, stop laughing. It was hysterical. So All right, so let's go ahead and get into the best sports team. Uh, go ahead, Luigi. Take it away. Oh, it's best sports team? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong space. I, <laughs> I was like, I thought it was Mo. You know, um, Argentina. I after watching that World Cup final, Argentina. There's you can't convince me otherwise. Uh, yeah, we'll be hard pressed, uh, Jason. I see that you have Argentina, and then you have another team as well. Uh, Avalanche, man, what they did uh, this year, uh, and obviously podcast. <laughs> Uh, they had the chance last year. They couldn't do it, and they pulled it off Bums. this year. And, and uh, all of Colorado is uh, excited for it, right? Hopefully they yeah. repeat. Hey, <laughs> Jason just became Nick's favorite. <laughs> okay. I had to pick the Colorado Avalanche. Hey, I know, think they're Denver. the worst team. Because I thought I was going to get flack because, you know, I picking my team. I also said it, it is unprecedented what the Georgia Bulldogs did this last year to win the national championship. So my question is though, is that the 2021 Bulldogs or is that the 2022 Bulldogs? Yes. What the university of Georgia has done in the year of 2022, Got they you. are undisputably the best team in college football. They, yeah. And they should be in this conversation for best sports team. I was actually trying to think of which college teams won this year and I couldn't do it. And, uh, well, first of all, I spent two minutes thinking about it because I, I don't really fuck with college sports anymore. Sure. Uh, I, have a, I have a fundamental war at large right now with the NCAA, and I will not acquiesce. Uh, but the Georgia Bulldogs absolutely deserve to be on this list. My submission is the dead in the water, never going to be good. Steph Curry's a bum. Clay Thompson's washed. Draymond Green ain't got it no more. Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors went on to win the NBA championship despite no one thinking they can do it. Everyone picked the darling Lakers. Everyone picked the darling Brooklyn Nets. Both teams floundered and squandered away in obscurity as the Golden State Warriors played seven minutes with their true starting lineup during the regular season. Ladies and gentlemen, there's 82 games in the regular season, 48 minutes minimum. They played seven minutes with Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. They still won the National Basketball Association's championship. Let me say that again. For those of you who have been watching the NFL season, for those of you who listen to Nick and I bitch about teams not being able to train before, the starting lineup for the Golden State Warriors played seven minutes together and won the NBA championship in the playoffs. That is truly unfucking believable. It's inconceivable that a team with that chemistry, or lack thereof, I should say, they hadn't played together in ages because Klay Thompson's been out for two years. Steph Curry got hurt. Draymond Green has been hurt. And they still won the NBA championship, and nobody thought they could. They beat the darling Boston Celtics and the Black Mamba reincarnated, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think this Golden State Warriors team is going to go down as one of the most impressive feats in sports. Now It was impressive. Now we have to make a decision. Argentina is a great choice. Georgia Bulldogs are a great choice. Golden State Warriors are a great choice. But this is Podcast Room 303. 
and there's only one obvious choice on this table. I am going to say we're going with the Colorado Avalanche. Does anyone disagree? No. This is, this is where you say yes, Luigi. I I, <laughs> I don't watch, so I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should, man. It's like soccer, but uh, on ice. <laughs> no, I nothing against hockey. I just yeah, yeah or but you can punch people in the face when they make you angry. <laughs> Instead of people just falling only... to the floor and dying. Yeah, you only, you only, you only, yeah, it's actually the quite opposite. People refuse to fall to the floor where they probably should die. <laughs> Teeth are fine, blood's pouring. I won't go down. I'm damn not it! I'm gonna fucking leave the game. We we uh, gotta take you to a, uh, a Dallas Stars. That's the closest one to you, right? Yeah, I I would yeah, not yeah. mind at all. I'd be super down to go. And the Dallas Stars are are pretty good right now. So. Moms. Yeah. <laughs> just because they're in the same division. Uh, yeah, it's obviously the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Argentina, probably second, uh, even though I, what Golden State did was out amazing to me. Um, but, yeah, you can't go wrong with any of these choices. This was a stacked category. The great teams that were submitted for this. I'm shocked no one picked the Phoenix Mercury, though. All right, let's go ahead and get into the best sports moment, <laughs> and we'll let Luigi kick it off here. Uh, so this one's a personal one for me. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of basketball this year, but I did get to watch Luka Doncic uh, dispatch the Suns after all the shit they were talking about him at, when he was sick. So it was really great to watch them just go down in flames, uh, pun intended. The Suns are the most hated team in all of sports right now. Yes or yes? No. Fuck <laughs> the Suns, bro. Who's the most hated? Yeah. The the internet hates the Phoenix Suns, like, collectively. I've never seen unity on the internet like the hate for the Phoenix Suns. So who are you nominating? Fuck the Red Wings. Oh, my God. They're not even good. Good. <laughs> Get the fuck this, out of here. This is when we must keep up the press, brothers. <laughs> Do not let our children forget how bad the Red Wings are. Fuck them. The who? Uh, <laughs> exactly. They they play in uh, Montana, right? They should be disbanded as a hockey. <laughs> uh, Operation Red Wing. Ooh. <laughs> all right, uh, Jason, go ahead. Give us your pick. Uh, it has to be, be the best game of all time ever, right? It's going to be the FIFA World Cup finale. Yeah. Argentina versus France. Yeah. If you if you <laughs> go ahead, Jason. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. Like. If Argentina would have lost, I would have been happy for for you and Eric. <clears throat> uh, although Eric's an, an Italy fan, but you know, uh, I would have been happy for you guys. You know, so uh, I'm just glad, uh, like you said, I'm just glad Messi got one. But also, not to be forgotten, Di Maria, man, he he was the man of the match in the first 60 minutes of that game before they pulled him out. Yeah, and then yeah. he had to sit there on the bench just going through it, bro. <laughs> just going through it, bro. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge Di Maria fan. Nick and I had him on Football Manager when we took over PSG. Uh, he was our super sub. Uh, he got did dirty in the 2014 World Cup. Um, he tore his hamstring, couldn't play. Germany got yep. the default championship because Argentina was hurt. Uh Fake title, if you ask me. All right, Nick, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I can't. This one I'm gonna. This one I'm gonna do. Homer. 
Uh, it's the Avs winning the Stanley Cup. I was there for game five. Fuck you. You ruined my bet. And they couldn't pull it out, which was very upsetting. But this is the first time in a very long time that I have cried actual tears. Oh, I love that. And it was watching it. Un- unfortunately, I had to I had to fly back for work. So I had to watch this, the clinching game in my apartment in D.C., but just being in Colorado, being the atmosphere there, it's such a fierce town in terms of supporting their teams. And especially the abs who have been great and have not been great for a while. And then for so many years, or, or basically the last four years, have been right on the precipice of greatness. The precipice? Precipice. <laughs> and, and just to see him win it is... Is I, I I have no words. All right, quick question: The fans are curious. Were you crying out your eyes or your dick? Yes. <laughs> Duel. <laughs> All right, uh, I have Golden State Warriors cementing their greatness as a dynasty with an unexpected fourth championship in eight years. Uh, see my previous retort. With the seven minutes during the regular season, I don't know if you understand how crazy that is because basketball is a is poetry of motion. It's chemistry. It's all about timing. So uh, I nominate them. I think the clear cut answer here, though, all great choices, and I love Luigi slandering the Suns. I'm all for it. The love Suns, the Suns are hated, and it's amazing. Uh, but it's it's the World Cup final. It's a World Cup final. We can't have. We can't. It has to be. Say- you can't say something yeah, is the greatest game of all time and then not. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, look, I won't – when I was trying to cut Jason off because I'm an asshole, but I was uh, going to say, like, I'm not going to get into this game, but if you want to hear our thoughts on this game, just watch our World Cup review episode. Um, you know, we get into it pretty pretty heavy, and, you know, Very just my, a- my adoration for that game just as a whole. And – uh Man, if only France could have got it. I'm part of the way through on that episode. Say this, Jermaine. Uh, Doncic uh, beating the Suns by fucking over 30 and just being here in Arizona and seeing them, all the fans that were like – because I was there when the – I was at the playoff game. It was my first playoff game. And the Suns blew out the Lakers by 35, and everyone was like throwing, like saying "fuck you" right in my face, dude. And I just couldn't say anything. I was like, "No, you're right. You guys beat us." They're like, "Fuck you, blah blah blah. We're going to the final." You know, I was like, "Fuck you guys." AD got hurt, whatever. But you know what? I I, I took it in like a man. I didn't talk shit back because I was like, "They were right. We lost." And seeing that moment of the Dallas Mavericks game seven blowing them out by like 35 plus. Ah, bittersweet, dude. Bitter and Luka Doncic sweet. with that swagger the whole time, too. I was like, man, this is great. I love it, dude. When you bust their it. ass and you let them know as you're busting their, their ass, bro, it's it's special. <laughs> it's special yeah, when dude. you do that. Uh, that's, that- why I love, that's why I love the NBA because you can see their emotions. There's no helmets hiding behind it, just like soccer. And 
you can just talk shit all you want because you know you're cooking them. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it really is amazing. It really is. It really <laughs> is. Um, all right. So the last category, we only have two submissions. Uh, Jason and Luigi don't read. Their words, not mine. Uh, one of them educates the youth of America. So you take that with the grain of salt that you wish. Go fuck but- yourself, Jermaine. <laughs> it's my running joke. It's like the one thing I bust Luigi's balls about. Um, Nick, go ahead and get into your book and then I'll get into my book and uh, we'll wrap this episode. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of books this year. Uh, Cause I read a lot. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just something that like I'm really into. It's just like being like really smart and like muscular and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so I, I I do I do love for me you're not gonna beat you're not gonna beat a good paperback book. I have not had the time that I wanted to put into it. I have not made an effort to read paperback books. So I get a lot of my books on on Audible. If you do have the American Express Platinum card, oh, you, they, that's not reading. That's not reading. I just want to jump in and say that that's not reading. <laughs> How would you know? You've never read in your life, right? <laughs> Bitch, you, I didn't say I you, never read. Listen, listen. Putting the subtitles on is not literature. <laughs> it is fine art. All right. So the book, my favorite book, is a book called Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. If if that name sounds familiar, Neil Gaiman uh, does Good Omens. He does American Gods. Uh, he does a couple of other books. He's a fantastic author. Uh, Sandman. He oh, he's Sandman. Thank you. He, he actually, if you listen to the audio book of this, he basically retells classic Norse stories. And in the audio book, he actually does all the dialogue or he does the whole audio book, but he does dialogue. Um, and, and he puts like his, the own like Neil Gaiman character spin on these like kind of old and boring Norse stories. He, he just kind of puts some extra energy into it. It's a very good, it's a very good listen. Yeah, I've heard uh, good things about this one. I'll probably now I'm probably gonna get it now. Um, contrary to Nick, I do not. I've not listened to an audiobook, so I don't know if I like it or dislike it. I think it really just depends on the person reading it to you. Um, you know, so that's always the the issue that you're gonna run into. But I, I definitely love. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Luigi. You got a comment? Uh, just to add in about Neil Gaiman, he's actually. Amazon's going to be doing another show uh, on one of his properties called the Anansi Boys, which is based on Anansi, the African God. So you're going to be seeing a lot more of Neil Gaiman, too. This dude is just making money hand over fist right now. American Gods. I didn't watch the show, but the the book was amazing. The show is so bad. It's bad? It's so bad. (laughs) You're you're really mad about it. I'm so – I love – because I – that – you can take that book and you can put it into a show. So easy. Just take the goddamn book. And it was just awful. They they tried to like they tried to put their own friggin' creative flair on it. It was like, no, stop. Oh, don't, stop. Don't make a new <laughs> don't walking dead it. Just take the graphic novels and make it into a moving picture show for me. <laughs> make pictures talk. That's all I want. Uh, so I don't, this book was not released this year, but I read it this year. So therefore I, I'm submitting it for this year. I, th- I feel like books, you, you have that leeway. Cause sometimes you don't hear about the books until the year of when you actually read it. So, 
This this book in particular is called Shoe Dog, and it's the memoirs of Phil Knight. If you don't know who Phil Knight is, Phil Knight is the founder of a little small company called Nike. And uh, it, it tells his story from him graduating with a finance degree and going to work for a finance firm, not realizing it's for him, deciding to travel the world. And while he's traveling the world, he goes to Japan and this is Japan post-World War II. And he describes Japan post-World War II, kind of the things he saw there, the interactions he had with them. And then he returned and he has a great conversation with the shoe company who's very desperate to try to get into the American market. And, you know, from there, long story short, he starts to you know, build up Nike as it is. And he tells the story of Nike from its infancy to what we all know Nike as now. Nike is is technically considered a luxury fashion brand now. Um, if you've recently tried to buy a pair of sneakers of theirs, uh, you definitely understand that because the prices are drastically exorbitant. Um, you know, now it's apparel and it's sponsorships for professional athletes and it's it's Jordan and Jumpman. And so just seeing that and, and he is an outstanding storyteller. He, he he very paints a very good picture. It's very vivid with the words. He, he can explain how he felt in certain situations and it comes across the page without becoming campy or dry or anything like that. I just thought it was a very fascinating read uh, and to see insight and learn from someone who was that successful. Uh, I always, you know, enjoy thoroughly. So that's why I'm nominating this one. Uh, I also read Sh uh, Showtime, what the uh, Showtime Lakers HBO Max series was based off of. I bought that book, read that one. Um, a Blood in the Garden, the New York Knicks story. I read the, um, I think it's called Sing About Me, but it's someone wrote a book dissecting Kendrick Lamar's uh, lyrics and explaining why it's poetry. Um, all fantastic books, uh, all highly recommended Um but yeah, that's that's where we're at with this. So since there's only two submissions, um, Nick, do you want the roomie or do I want the roomie? Uh, how many roomies do you have so far? I don't know. Let's see. So Jason got the FIFA I, finale. You got Colorado. You got no books. <laughs> we can give we can we can give it to both <laughs> to, sub, to subtitles. Yeah, to subtitles, exactly. So, uh, actually, yeah, I only got one roomie so far. I'm giving it to Phil Knight. Shoe dog, Phil Knight. Especially since you haven't even finished your Yo, book. Yo, J-Man. <laughs> What's up, bro? Wait, what do you mean I haven't finished my book? Did, didn't Did Phil you... Knight uh, appear? I'm finished with it, yeah. Uh, series, The Wedding Time? You know what? I don't know what Phil Knight looks like. <laughs> so I can look that up though. <laughs> Let's see. Was Phil Knight? Yeah, uh well he he went up to Magic Johnson in the show, right? And he's like, "Hey, we can give you this much money oh. if you sign with Nike," but he ended up going with Converse or shit like that. You mean you mean it was, it was just like a the quick, character. Like 10 seconds. You mean the character Phil Knight? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes, the character was in it. I yes, thought you sir. meant 
the actual Phil Knight. Uh, I thought you meant yeah, like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> real life Phil Knight. And I was just like, I don't know, bro. He's old as shit. <laughs> Look at that. Was Phil Knight an athlete? Yeah. So he was, he was a runner uh, in college. And that was kind of where he went. He kind of found this love for running shoes because that's what Nike started as a, as a running shoe company. But it obviously has evolved and become something much, much bigger. Uh, but yeah, I dude, I can't say enough. I think that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic book. I recommend it to everyone. I think it's a great read. But I think that brings us to the end. Let's recap the roomies here real quick. So, um, for best movie, we gave it to Top Gun Maverick. For best show, we gave it to The Bear, the FX slash Hulu original. Uh, best album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, narrowly beating out Midnight by Taylor Swift. We have Glimpse of Us by Joji. Uh, that is the song of the roomie for best song. Roomie for best artist is Bad Bunny. The roomie for best video game is Fall Guys. Roomie for best podcast is Two Bears, One Cave. The roomie for the for best sports team is Colorado Avalanche. Roomie for best sports moment is the FIFA World Cup finale. Uh, Argentina versus France. And winner for and roomie for best book is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Those are our 10 categories. And uh, that's all we have for this episode. I appreciate you guys coming on. Do you guys have anything else for the listeners? Uh, no, not really. Just uh, check us out on Revenge of the Pod. That's about it. Uh, where can they listen to you? You can check us out on Spotify. We're hoping to make the move to Apple Podcasts as well fairly soon. Okay, sounds good. Uh, you heard that here. Revenge of the Pod on Spotify for all you Spotify listeners. Give give them a shout out. Give them a check. Like, follow, subscribe. Tell them how much they suck. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Nick, you got anything else for listeners? No, nah, bro. All right. Follow Room 303 on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303. And uh, we'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. <laughs>